G'day everyone, I'm Luke Belk and you're listening to The Conscious Podcast. Welcome to The Conscious Pod. My name is Carlo Cirillo and this is your place to cultivate wisdom, awareness, life insights to raise your being and become more conscious in your daily life. Hey Conscious Fam, welcome to episode 55 of The Conscious Podcast. On this episode, I shared an epic conversation with my good friend Luke Belk. Luke is an astrologer, Reiki healer, spiritual coach and father. We dive deep into topics including Luke's crazy journey that led him to becoming conscious, his astrology awakening, a life-changing back injury, overcoming a drinking problem, the challenges of depression and mental health problems, the information we can tap into using astrology, finding self-worth, dealing with others' opinions, how you can always be living your purpose, and so much more. Luke has so much value in his wisdom and life experiences. I love his perspective on life and how open-minded he is to new information. A great lesson in being in the moment as much as possible. I really enjoyed this and I hope you do too. Before we kick off this amazing podcast episode, I am super excited to announce something that I have just launched for everyone listening. I've been cultivating this idea for a few weeks and I wanted to give you all massive tangible value, somewhere where we could work together in a group to expand and raise our consciousness. I created the Craft Your Conscious Life 5-Day Challenge. Now, this will be a private group on Facebook where I will upload a live each day for 5 days on a different key topic. I've spent over 6 years and tens of thousands of dollars on investing in personal development, growth seminars, mentors, coaches, interviews on my podcast to find these 5 key steps that all these people that were fulfilled, conscious, and living the life they want to live, that they were doing. And I implemented them in my life. And this has given me the incredible results and the conscious life that I love and live today. And I want to share that with you so you can be more intentional, more purposeful, more aware and more conscious in your daily life. So all you have to do is go to the show notes and click down the bottom and there'll be a link to go straight to that Facebook group and apply to be in that. You can also go to Facebook and click on the Groups tab and type in Craft Your Conscious Life 5-Day Challenge and it will come up and you can click into that group. I cannot wait to share this with you and to see your conscious results. Luke, how are you, brother? I'm good, mate. Thanks for having me on. You are so welcome. Yep. Uh, what have you been up to today? Uh, not a hell of a lot, actually. Just the usual ritual of poached eggs in the morning um, with a smoothie. So, yep. And uh, just watched my girlfriend go off to work. Yeah. Yeah. What was in the smoothie? Um, the same ingredients we use every day. So the spinach, avocado, uh, wild berries, um, almond milk, and protein powder, and spirulina. Yum. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds yeah. nutritious first thing in the morning. It is. The smoothie and the poached eggs with avocado on toast. And yeah. it's pretty much, I would say, six out of seven days yeah. a week. <laughs> That's the standard. Yeah, yeah it is. It I is. love it. Yeah. What are you most excited about in life right now? Um, probably 
Oh, there's so many things, actually. Yeah. Uh, is there one thing? No. Um, I'm about to move house this week, yeah. so I'm excited about that. Um, I met my girlfriend eight months ago, and um, we haven't spent uh, more than three days apart in that yeah. time, so it's just one of those relationships that's uh, meant to be, written in the stars. <laughs> um, and yeah, this week, uh, yesterday, we got the keys to our new place, so we're moving in, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, my work's going really well. Um, it's just evolving at, at a nice pace. Um, I also have three kids um, that I co-parent with the ex-wife and um, just enjoying watching them grow up and, and being there as much as I can for them. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot to be excited about. Amazing. Now, I only met you online about... Couple of, a couple of weeks ago. That's right. And then physically in person met you Friday night, which is two days ago now yes. at the Evolve event. Um, and because we knew each other online, it was like, hey, Luke, how you doing? I've <laughs> seen your videos and your posts. Totally. But then I was, I, I had the honor of um, being in the audience and watching you present about the stuff that you're passionate about, which was astrology. And it, yeah. to me, it's like, I know this, I know of this stuff, but not to that depth. That yeah. was like... <laughs> and I was like, man, we need to, we need to do this. We need to have this conversation. For sure. Um, but I, and, and you told a bit about your story. But for the people that are listening that don't know much about you, and even for myself that doesn't know too much about you, yes. what's a, a wrap-up, not quick, but a wrap-up of your life from start to now yep. and everything that you do now? All right. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> so, I was born in Frankston in Victoria. Yep. Um, and when I was nine, our family sold the farm um, down in Blind Bight and we moved to Queensland and then I was pretty much raised in Queensland um, so most of my schooling life was up there from a great grade four onwards um, and yeah grew up with the beach and the sun and um, when I was um, when I was leaving school I was quite I did quite well at school up until grade 10 and then I sort of went off the rails a bit, <laughs> as you do. Looking back, it's probably a good um, exit time was grade 10, but I stayed on till grade 12 um, and my grades diminished and I never got any, you know, couldn't go to uni or anything like that. Um, didn't really know what I wanted to do when I left school. So um, I went and worked at the snow for a season as a lift operator. Yep. And that was amazing. It was just party every every day. Um, I remember we, we got paid on a Wednesday and by the following Monday, you were broke. Yeah. <laughs> so then you'd hang out to, the, you know, eat toasties until the Wednesday and then you hit the pub the Wednesday night. But that was it for the whole season of the snow as a lift yeah. operator. Um, and I did that so I could get a pass so I could go snowboarding. Yeah. Um, and it was during that that I was like, this is awesome life, but I've got no money and I'm sick of having no money. And my dad's a builder and had been for a long time and he was transitioning from building to building inspections. And I remember talking to him on the phone and saying, he's like, what, you know, what are your plans when this is over? And I'm like, well, I don't know, but I'm sick of having no money. And he's like, well, at the moment I'm doing these building inspections and I'm subcontracting out pest inspections to pest companies to do pest inspections. He said, why don't you get licensed to do that and I'll give you the work instead of these other people. And I'm like, all right, that sounds good. So he sent down to the snow a book on pest control I read that and by the time I got back to Queensland, I went in and sat my exam and got my license and I started um, doing inspections on houses for termites. Um, so thrown straight into the deep end. <laughs> yeah. I'm so intrigued where this is going to go to where you are now, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It'll come full circle. How long have you got? <laughs> Plenty of time. Good, good. And um, I did that. I must have been around about 19 or 20 and I was making about two and a half to three grand a week. Um, and as a young person, um, I bought some shares and, you know, I wasn't really smart with my money, but I bought 
uh, an expensive, fast car, Holden Commodore U to V8 Commodore U. It was a forty-four thousand dollar Ute, and yeah. I went out partying with my mates, and um, it was around the age of about twenty-one-ish, I think, that um, my friends and I started getting into drugs, um, just party drugs, and. Um, it was also around that time that I'd been doing the work that I was doing for about three years or so and the money was really good but I was living at home I was working with my parents and I just felt like you know what what am I doing with my life like is that just it like how am I ever going to find a woman that's going to go oh yeah you live with your parents and you work with your parents so what are you doing you know and even though the money was good it was like I was a a bit stale and um, I had some mates that had, had left and gone and lived in London and I, I remember one day I just went, fuck it, <laughs> I'm doing that. So I was pretty much sold everything I had and I made the decision in November. Um, and that was the year that also that we just had September 11th, so it was 2001. Yeah. So air travel was a bit, uh, my mum was like, oh, I don't know about you going over there. And so she um, convinced my brother to come over with me. Um, and on the 27th of December 2001, I moved to London. Um, and then, yeah, I spent three years living in London um, and did the whole European thing, you know, travelled to all the different countries. And one year I'd went to um, Dublin for St. Patrick's Day, uh, Spain for the running of the Bulls and ran with the Bulls, um, and Munich to the Beer Fest all in one year. And it was just, you know, yeah. <laughs> again, it was sort of reliving the time of being at the snow and partying, but it was now in London. And obviously with London, it comes with all the London drug scene and the party scene and you would, um, you'd start partying on a Thursday and, you know, you'd be sort of questioning how much sleep you had on the Sunday. <laughs> you'd have the terrible Tuesdays and then Wednesday you'd be like, all right, starting to, you know, have a few drinks and be back into it. And it was just like that for a good probably 18 months or so. And then I met a girlfriend and um, we settled down in London, saved a lot of money, ended up traveling through the whole of um, Europe. And then we decided to move back to Australia, move back to Perth, and then that relationship fell apart, and I then moved back to Queensland. And at the beginning of 2005, um, I started my own pest control business to work for myself. So got back into that industry. Got back into it. It's what I knew, and the money was really good. Still not really what I wanted to do on a a deeper level, but I really didn't. I I didn't have the consciousness back then. I was just sort of more operating from that... um, you know, a common consciousness that we all sort of shared. And um, I must have been around 27 around that age. And um, I can't remember how old I was, but I started my business and established that. And then I met a woman and then we got married. Um, And then we, you know, bought a unit and she fell pregnant. And then we moved into a house. And then um, at this stage, I built the business up. I had three guys working for me and someone in 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 the office and things were going really well. Um, you know, we built, we bought nice cars, we had overseas holidays, we, we did quite well. We'd go out and eat for breakfast and, you know, a couple of days a week. Um, like things were going really well, but something inside of me wasn't, wasn't happy. And I didn't really know what that was. Like, um, I didn't, I didn't have consciousness or conscious awareness of what was making me unhappy because from the outside looking in, I had all of the the t- typical Australian dream tick tick box, you know. I had the mortgage, the family, the house, the kids, yep. the overseas holidays and all of the stuff that you're supposed to have, but I was not very happy. And not knowing the reason of that, I, I did what a lot of people do and, they, and I started to drink. Um, and my drinking turned into, you know, the odd 
um, beer on a weekend or evening turned into drinking every day, um, you know, lying to my wife about how much alcohol I'd had on the way home, you know, I'd only had a beer, but I don't, I know I'd had three sort of thing and doing stupid drunk things and, you know, not remembering the next day, waking up and not remembering what I'd done or what I'd said um, and not being a very good partner and not being a very good father. And um, it was in the end of 2014 that I was like, uh, I I was feeling shameful basically because of my behavior and I didn't, I didn't know what was causing me to do, to, to, to drink so much and I knew that if I kept drinking that I'd never know the reason for it. So I decided in the end of 2014 that I'd, I'd have a year off alcohol. And 2015 was my year off alcohol. And um, that was the year of my spiritual awakening. Um, and my gateway drug, if you want to call it that, to astrology was 9-11. Mm. Um, a friend had sent me a video on a conspiracy theory regarding 9-11 at the turning point of me having this year off alcohol. So I had a lot of time on my hands. Um, no distractions. I wasn't watching TV. I was reading a lot of books, and I and and I had the internet. And um, I went down the rabbit hole and took the the red pill, <laughs> and went down every single rabbit hole, and started with nine eleven and ended up, you know, at flat Earth. <laughs> I did them all. Um, but it was during that year that I came across astrology, and I came across a guy online called Santos Panachi. He's an Australian guy, and uh, he does a lot of. Um, talks on astro theology so he ties astrology to theology and i wasn't raised religious but i had a bit of an idea about religion and stuff and he just showed how astrology is underpinning all of these religions and pointed it out in a very clear and concise way and it sort of struck me and you know my my consciousness is already awakening in this time because i'm i'm not drinking and i'm not distracted and i'm 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 alert and you know connected i'm eating healthy i'd lost 15 kilos that that year and um, so I, I started looking into astrology. Like I thought, there's got to be something to this. If religion is underpinned by it, then there's got to be something to it. And I remember um, finding a, a website online where you could cast your own birth chart. And I, all I knew up until this date was that I was a Virgo. Um, and I had some typical Virgo traits. And when I found my birth chart online and I, I read the interpretation of the detail of that and how specific it was, it was at a time where my wife was also studying psychology alongside what I was doing. I was having this spiritual awakening and she's actually gone to uni to study psychology. Mm. And I was having profound insight into the human psyche using astrology as she was learning about the same things through you know university. And it was just... It was just blowing me away. Yep. And one of the biggest things was um, why in my adult or my whole life have I not been shown this? And the only conception I had of um, astrology was your yeah, horoscope in, in the magazine. <laughs> and it was, you know, it's rubbish. It's like some days you it's read so that. Vague. Yeah, they're all the same, just different words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you, some days you align to it so you, you like it. And other yeah. days you don't. So you go, oh, that's not me. That's, yeah. that's rubbish. So it's easy to dismiss it. Um, but when you look at a birth chart and the detail that's in there and that it's it's a huge uh, composition of everything that's going on on all yeah. different levels, um, it, it just blew me away and it hit, it struck a chord with me. Um, so then I, I set about 
learning as much as I could about it. Um, in Australia, there's no set curriculum for um, becoming an astrologer, um, which is a bit of a shame. There is a, a body um, that you can um, become licensed through, but you have to sit these exams. And in order to do that, you just have to find someone that's already done it and learn from them. Mm. So it's a bit of a shame. In other countries, they do have like colleges and universities and to set up for this type of thing. But in Australia, we don't have that. So it's a matter of trying to find someone to learn from, which I did. I found a tutor and I, I would get tutored on a weekly basis. And then it's reading books and, mm-hmm. and, and interpreting charts and looking at your own and constantly just referring to things. And what I did is I got uh, my whole families, like my, my cousins, um, my nieces and nephews, um, all my brothers and sisters. I got all their charts, laminated them and put them out on the floor. And as I was learning the different concepts with astrology, I would look into their charts to see if they had that. And then I, because I knew the person, I could correlate that and understand that a bit better. Mm. So I found that was a really good way to learn for me. And um, so where are we now in the timeline? Um, we're at the end of 2015. During that year, I, I unpacked a lot of my motivations and reasons and things as to why, um, I, you know, the, why I was at the position I was at and what was making me unhappy. Um, and one of them was I was probably not in the right relationship, um, but I was in that relationship and I had three kids and a, and a business and a mortgage and, you know, I had that life, but I wasn't, wasn't happy in that life. Mm. Um, and it was frightening as fuck <laughs> because I'm like well how do I how do I get out of this because I'm going to hurt so many people I, I couldn't so I, I didn't vocalize that to anyone I didn't have anyone I could talk to about that so I kept that all to myself um, came the end of the year of alcohol and I did celebrate the year off alcohol with a beer <laughs> and I remember at the end of that year I was like I said to my wife I don't reckon I, I reckon I could never drink again like I'd I don't need it. Mm. I'm actually, my life, that year for me was my most biggest growth year that I'd, I'd ever had. Yeah. And I was, I was healthy, I was light, I was feeling, I was clear in the mind, like I'd, I'd awakened to a degree, you know. Mm. But, you know, then I had this daunting feeling of like, how am I going to get out of the situation? I mean, like, what, how does this work? And I, mm-hmm. I didn't, I felt, I felt ashamed again because I couldn't talk to anyone about it. Um, so I had this beer and, and I remember it gave me a headache for two days and I was like, uh, anyway... <laughs> Um, come, uh, the 9th of, um, January, 2016, I was due back to work. I'd had two weeks off for Christmas. I was due back to work on the, this was a Friday. I was due back to work on the Monday and I was already getting the anxiety about, cause the other thing was like, I didn't want to do the work I was doing anymore. It didn't align to me after I'd had this awakening. I was like, I can't do this. This isn't what I want to do. I want to do this now, but how do I, how do I get there? So I had this anxiety. I used to get these blues, the Sunday blues, you know, like where I've got to go to work next week. But I had this on the Friday and we lived on acreage and I said to the wife, I'm going to go out and do some yard work. And there was this big old, um, beautiful old red gum tree on our property that would have been a 150-year-old tree, but it had a strangler fig around it, um, which is another tree trying to take out the life of the other tree. It's like an almost parasitic type tree. And um, we'd been there not quite a year in this house and it'd been on my mind to get rid of that fig. So I get the chainsaw out and I climb up into this tree and over about three hour period, I took all of the tree down to left with one part of the trunk left. And I sort of sized it all up and I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, right, if I cut it there, it's going to fall there. And I had it all worked out in my head. And last thing I did is I got down on one knee and I made the final cut. 
And as it fell, it fell exactly where I, I expected it to fall. But when it hit the ground, it was a bit of an angle and the stump went into the ground and then ricocheted backwards towards me and, and f- went straight back into my back. And it, it took the whole life and wind and everything out of me and hit me and floored me. I threw the chainsaw, it's still on the ground and I'm laying on the ground and I'm just freaking out and heart, getting my breath back. And I'm laying there. The tree wasn't on me. It just punched me and, and threw me to the side. First thing I did after about a minute or two is I calmed myself down and I started to wiggle my feet because I'm like, can I move my feet? And I could wiggle my toes and I was like, hey, well, so there's there's life there still. Yeah. But I'm in a world of pain. And um, we were on acreage and it was probably, I don't know, a good 50 metres to the house. Um, the wife was in there with the kids and the neighbour was out, um, but not close to where I was. And I can whistle really, really loud without using my fingers. I, like my dad taught me that when I was young. So I start whistling and whistling and whistling and whistling. And the neighbor comes to the fence. She's English. She's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm like, help. you got to help. Help. She's like, wait, what have you done? What? And the chainsaws on the ground. Anyway, by this stage, the, the wife had come to the balcony. And she's like, what are you doing, you dickhead? <laughs> and I couldn't see her because she's behind me. I'm waving my hand. And eventually they came over and I said, you've got to call an ambulance. I've, I've done something bad. Long story short, took me to a hospital. I um, was in a hospital overnight and I'd broken um, the transverse processes on L1, 2 and 3 on my spine, which are the, the wing part of the spine that sits out to the side um, where your back muscles join in. Um, so yeah, it, it didn't... I, I was able to recover from that. Yeah. Um, it didn't damage any of my cord, my spinal cord. Um, but it, it was an excuse for me to sell my business. It wasn't the reason for it, but it was. It gave me an excuse to sell that, which started this process. And then in that 2016, I sold my business to a guy that my parents were affiliated with. And he made me sign a contract that I was to stay within the working parameters of that business for 12 months. Um, I hope I'm not going too long here, am I? It's good. It's <laughs> yeah. good. Um, and it, so I'd sold the business to him and the proviso was I'd stay on for 12 months to transition my business to his business. Mm-hmm. And I did that, but halfway through the year, the work started to dry out that he was giving me. And all of a sudden, I'm starting to go backwards financially. And I'm like, I, I had a few meetings with the guy and I said, look, I, I need more work because I've got a family still to support. Mm-hmm. And I still need an income. And the work that you're providing is just diminishing and I'm not going to have to go get another job. And he's, he, there was a clause in the contract of sale saying that if anyone broke that condition, there'd be a 20 grand fee paid either way, right? And um, it, it got to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't continue that contract because there was no work. And I know I was just like feeling like shit. And I was feeling like shit because I just felt worthless. Like, what had I done? You yeah. know, oh my God, I, now I've got no, no business that was generating a good income. Now I've got no income. And I don't know what I'm doing still because I'm like, I didn't have that belief yet of like, I can do this as well. And I was just in this limbo land. And, I, and I, so it pushed me into this huge depression, like massive, just catatonic state. I just, I couldn't even get out of bed. I was just, couldn't. So they took me to the doctor and I went on a mental health plan and they gave me antidepressants and I booked in to see a psychologist. And um, I saw a lawyer also and the lawyer said, look, this guy's being a bully. He can't actually... He can't do what he's trying to do to you. So just tell him to go away. We'll write him a letter. And at that same time, though, this guy bought my business, affiliated with my dad's business, so started giving my dad some pressure and calling my integrity into question. And my dad had to go into bat for me. 
And I didn't know this was happening because I'm depressed, right? And I'm yeah. not working and I'm in therapy. So this is all going on behind the scenes. And I went over to my parents um, one day for... Um, for a dinner I think it was someone's birthday and my dad was really coy and a bit off and I, I tried to make conversation with him and he sort of gave me the cold shoulder and and um, I said to mum on the side what's going on with dad and he's like no no he's just stressed with work he's just stressed with work she didn't want to tell me what was going on anyway we had the dinner and I came into the kitchen and mum's crying in the kitchen and dad's consoling her and I'm like oh what's going on and dad looked me straight in the eye and he said it's all your fucking fault and then for the next 10 minutes dressed me down told me how worthless and not a son of his I was and that I was just walking away from my problems as I always had and not a man and you've got to man up and if you commit to something you've got to follow through and all that and just mate he let me have it and I was already feeling like worthless mm. and a lot of my self-worth was put into what he thought of me and I was ashamed that I'd let Wanting him down acceptance absolutely yeah. and he he fucking hammered me and let me have it and I'm standing there numb my wife's crying, the kids are crying, my mum's crying, my brothers and sisters are in the action, and it's just this whole all-out war, and I'm just sitting there going, oh, shit. It ended, and I'm, like, walking out. My mum's like, don't leave. And I'm like, no, no, it's all good. I'm, it's okay. I'm, I'm not going to react. I'm not going to say I'm, I'm going to leave. I need to leave. I can't be here. Got in the car, went home, cried for three days straight, went to see my therapist, worked through some shit, and at the end of it, he's like, well, how do you feel about all this? And I actually went, you know what? liberated mm. because the one person I put a lot of my self-worth into and what he thought of me was really important to me the fear I had was that I'd let him down and I'd he I sort of he realized that fear for me so the biggest fear I had about my own self excuse me my own self-worth was realized and it was like this clearing energy that just like now oh, shit okay well I'm okay with that mm. that's the worst thing that could ever happen and it happened it's not as bad as what I thought it was no yeah. so you know I had a few more sessions with the therapist I got off the antidepressants stopped seeing the psychologist went, got a new job went back to work um, it took about six months and dad and I met, mended our relationship I totally forgave him brought it up and told him how it was the hardest thing that has ever happened to me but it was the best thing that's ever happened to me and mm -hmm. I thank and I joke with him about you know, I joke with him about it now and, you know, we're, we're really good about it, but I, I sort of needed that to happen. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, the end of that year, my marriage broke down and the, my wife um, was born and raised in Melbourne and um, I made the decision. I said, look, it's best if we move to Melbourne because you need to be around your family for support and you don't have that support that I do in Queensland. You need it yep. now. And we've been living in Queensland for 10 years of marriage so it was time for her to be with her family and friends. So we were renovating our house. Um, we finished the renovation. Oh, I finished the renovation. She moved to Melbourne with the kids. And then about two months later, I moved down here. Yeah. And that was um, the beginning of last year. Um, and then the beginning of last year, um, in all October last year, I met Heidi, my girlfriend now. And, um, you know, we just resonated on so many levels. And it was like this karmic connection that we've got. And um, I was doing a lot of, of astrology, but not professionally. Yeah. I was doing my own stuff. And, and she was like, why aren't you doing this as a job? You're, you're good at it. And she gave me that final bit of self-belief. Mm -hmm. um, so November last year, I started doing it. And now it's just, it's, it's not blowing up, but it's just progressing beautifully. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it's like I've aligned to my chart, my astrological chart. And now I, it's just, 
you know, the energy pathways are opened and things are happening and I'm getting enough work and life's good. So yeah. <laughs> that's a wrap up, man. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. So what, what, with astrology, yes. can you go into a, a little wrap up of that too? Mm. Because like you were saying, it's not just what's in the magazines, in the newspaper of your star sign. Mm. Um, what is... Yeah, what is astrology? Because I think even for me, it was a big lesson in learning when you explained it on what it actually is. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, geez. Okay, how long have you got again? Yeah. <laughs> nah, it's, it's... Quick wrap up. Like, look, astrology is the, the study of light, right? It's a study of consciousness. Um, so, you know, the hermetic saying, as above, so below, as within, so without. Um, okay, how do I conceptualize that for you um so there's a there's a debate in the astrological community as that do the planets above cause the changes in us energetically psychic um on a psyche level or um do they just signify it do they correspond to it Mm -hmm. and that's been a debate since the inception of astrology and you know there's pros and cons on both sides i sort of sit in the middle and go well it doesn't really matter whether it causes it or it signifies it it just lines up with it And through studying astrology, you can study the um, energetic um, pathways that are most predominant in someone's psychological makeup um, and then how they operate their life based on that. So, yeah, it's like a profound psychological tool, if you like. Um, There are many other uses for it, but that's sort of where I sit with it is the the ability to bring awareness to people about their their psychological makeup. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. So that's another rabbit hole. If you want to learn more about that, reach out to Luke um, and research more about it. This is where we're we're bringing consciousness and awareness on topics like this and on uh, amazing, what would you say, amazing theories? No, not theories. It would be just information that's out there for us to access. Yeah, absolutely. It's the age of Aquarius. It's the age of awakening, um, the age of the internet. Yeah. You know, the human mind that we now have that can tap into, this collective human mind, which is the internet. Use it. Um, there's there's no excuse now for ignorance. Yeah. There is no more excuse for ignorance. Um, if you don't know about something, then that's because you're, <laughs> you're <laughs> flat out ignorant because <laughs> you can go and find... Yeah. You know, you have to use your own discerning mind and your intuition to yep. work out because there's a lot of crap. Um, but, you know... That's um yeah yeah use it awesome. Would you say you're living your purpose? Um, I would say I'm on the pathway to living my purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what does that look like? I, I I I don't know what that looks like, but I definitely know that that on a day to day basis, I'm taking steps towards that. And it's not so much that I need to know what it looks like. I know that it's just going to develop as I as I move in that direction. Yeah. Um, it's not sort of something like I've got my purpose now and every day that's my purpose and I just live it. It's, it's sort of this evolving thing, you know? Um, and I'm more open and aware to just, um, going with the flow Mm -hmm. rather than being rigid. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes too, people have this idea of a purpose has to be a particular thing and they, they can't grasp what that thing is. So then they're like, Oh, I don't have a purpose. I'm not sure what I should. And they get lost. Yeah. Um, I think it's more just be open to what's happening and what pulls you, you know, mm. what what pulls the heartstrings, then that's that's the direction that you should move in. It's not yeah. necessarily to say that that's what it is because, you know, as astrology shows you, 
life cycles and things yeah. change and sometimes it's this and the next month it's this and next year it's that so mm-hmm. just be open to that yeah mm. and what is success to you success um it used to be you know accumulation of things money property <laughs> houses you know status type things it used to be that for a long time now it's the um it's to be able to live each day freely as much as I can to be free from the system or the machine, if you like. Um, so yeah, that that's what would success would be. Yeah. Just try and live each day freely as best you can. Yeah, amazing. So you did mention this, I guess, this answer in your wrap up of your your story and your life. But what is the worst thing that's happened to you, and how is that the best thing? That's happened to you. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Without a doubt, that at the time and looking Mm. back and turning points in my life, that was the worst thing. That was the lowest I've ever been. Mm -hmm. And at that point, that was the most difficult thing I could have faced, I faced. Yeah, so was Um, it an accumulation of everything that was happening at that time? Yeah. All of that was like the worst. Yeah, Yeah. all of that. That whole whole period, it was just really the most difficult thing. It, It was so difficult that there my psychologist had told me to go home and give the rope to my wife to hide it. Mm. You know, like we'd spoken about that in depth. Um, and he said, look, the best thing you can do is give that to your wife and tell her to put it somewhere where you don't know where it is. So that's how low I was. Mm. Um, and during that time, the, the, the capstone of that was to have um, my dad vocalize how he thought of me. But it turned into like the diamond in the rough. It was yeah. the best thing that ever happened to me. It's the best. It still is the best thing that has ever happened to me on a personal level. Yeah. You know, without looking at kids and all the all the ex- beautiful experiences, mm-hmm. the thing that changed my consciousness and shifted me the most, and has now got me to a point where I don't really care. I can do whatever I want without the the, the um, caring about what people think of me because I put all of my worth into what someone thought of me, and he. He did that, so what's the worst that could happen now? Nothing, really. I'm, I'm immune to people's opinions of me. Yeah. Yeah, so that was definitely the worst and the best. Mm. And I can, I can empathize and relate on a level where when I went overseas for soccer, <clears throat> I put all my worth in uh, and, and acceptance and, and being good enough as a, as a soccer player in the coaches and the agent that I had at the time. But when I went over and they dropped me and said, you're not good enough, you won't be a soccer player. Yeah. It was hard. Like yeah. it was like crying. I was a mess. Yeah. It was like this is my dream. This is everything I ever wanted. Put all my effort, time, money into to then go for it and be told quit. Mm. Like you'll be better off doing some business stuff or like yeah, sports wow. management. Was hard. It was heartbreaking for me. But after a couple of days of again, get, that's the worst thing that I could have could have happened to me at that time, apart from injuries and stuff like that. Sure. For them to say you're not good enough. But then it was like, hang on, you you don't get to decide my life. Yeah. Like, just because you think that, I need to like either accept that or be like, no, I want to go make it. And then yeah. I made a team, and then I stayed there for two and a half years. And yeah. it was like, what can someone say right now? I'm not, you're not you're not good enough to be a speaker or to run a podcast. Mm. Cool, that's more of a reflection of you than me. Yes, I know my value, I know my worth. So, I don't know. I, I look at it too as well as like um, sometimes these people. We see them as these evil demons or, you know, <laughs> they come in and they've said that. And it, but it's actually, it's all the, they're almost like some sort of like um, like spiritual 
um, guru that's yeah. just <laughs> being the demon for the sake of being because that's exactly creating what you needed. friction totally yeah. you know yeah absolutely yeah. yeah love it what's the best advice you've ever been given yeah so I have a mentor um, he's an Irish fella and when I had my pest control business he was a client and we just resonated and <laughs> we'd catch up and talk and when I was yeah. going through my year off alcohol and my awakening he was there for like every six weeks we'd catch up and have coffee yeah. and talk about all the conspiracies and this guy mind you he's um, he's he's a he's a few different companies on listed on the stock exchange like he's he's only a year or two younger than me but he's just and you know whatever he's been through in his life he went through in an early age to get him to where he's at now um but he said to me opinions are like baseballs and he said if someone if you're standing there and someone's got a baseball and they throw it at your head it hurts yeah now you've got a few choices you can catch that ball and you can throw it smack back at their head but he said, then you're no different to the person throwing it. He said, but the best thing you can do is just move your head slightly to one side and let that baseball just slinks, fly on by. And I grew up playing baseball. So yep. that resonated with me. And it's like, you know what? That's how simple it is. And even on an energetic level, if, you just, if something's coming at you you don't like, just mm-hmm. simply divert it by moving slightly out of its way. And life goes on. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was the single bit of... Um, uh, advice that I've been given that just stuck with me and it still does yeah. and, I, and, I, and I give that out now freely to people yeah. <laughs> like, here you go <laughs> just dodging baseballs absolutely yeah. just yeah. let your head go to one side you know yeah. yeah it makes sense simple but effective absolutely if someone's throwing something at you just move yeah especially yeah. if it's something like someone throwing a baseball if I tried to catch it it'd probably hurt me as well so that's right Get out of the way. But then you've got you've caught it. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. But if you if you don't do anything and it hits you square yeah. in the head, um, that hurts also. Mm. So it's just as simple of deflecting or just moving to one side. Yeah. And I, I'm a Reiki healer as well, and you know obviously that's a lot of energy work, and it's just simple as just moving out of the way of that energetic yeah. baseball. You know. And if you catch it and hold on to it and keep it with you for your whole life, mm. what do you think is going to go with you? Those opinions and those totally those comments. Yeah, your own self beliefs tied up in what someone thought of you or that baseball that mm-hmm. was thrown at you. So mm. yeah, just slip your head to one side. <laughs> it's pretty easy. I love it. So simple and effective. Yeah. What advice would you give your sixteen-year-old self? Yeah, I thought about this. Um, I would. It's probably going to be a bit cliche, but I would say, dude, meditate. Meditate because meditation is um, you're exercising muscles that you don't use. And like any form of exercise, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And for me, I didn't start meditating in my life until my... I did a little bit of meditation prior to my year of alcohol. I'd, I'd done a little bits and hit, but not a disciplined process of doing it daily. And when I had my year off, I started doing it and I found it very difficult at first. It was really hard to, to embody that into a daily routine. And if I, if only, I used to think, if only I'd done this when I was younger, then, you know, where would I be right now? Um, so I would say to that, that guy, just keep doing what you're doing, but mate, find time to meditate. Mm. Yeah. Which is hard for a 16 year old, you can imagine. <laughs> and how, where would you suggest to start? Especially if you were telling people, mm. would they get an app and start meditating, would they just sit? Yeah. So... Um, find what works for you because there's so many different form. Mm. Um, a good friend of mine, Amrit, he'll say that there are 8 billion people on earth. There's 8 billion different ways to meditate. 
So don't be stuck again. Don't be rigid. Yeah. You know, find what works for you. That might be guided meditation. It might be mindful meditation. There's so many different forms. So research it a bit. Find what resonates. But one advice I would give is wake up in the morning and meditate. Because then you don't have any excuse the rest of the day where you can find a way out of it. You've done it. It's done. And, you know, when you've come home from work and you're sitting there and you're a bit exhausted, you do, you've done it. You've done your meditation yeah. for the day. If you want to then amplify that, then do it right before bed as well. Mm. But um, certainly wake up in the morning and do your meditation and all your spiritual work. If you do it the first, yeah. you know, in the morning, it's just, it's, it's an easier process to embody and then stick to. And sets up your whole day. That's Absolutely. My morning routine is like, and I'm, I, I keep accountable with an accountability coach to that because I know when I do it, oh, yeah. I'm set up for the day. When I don't, maybe I'm a little bit off. Maybe it's not that I'm at 0%. It's that I haven't really filled my cup and set myself up to mindset-wise to then have the best day. Yeah. And little things will affect me. I'll be rushed everywhere. I won't be as aware as what I would be if I'd done my morning routine. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think people can become more fulfilled in life? Hmm. That's a good question. I haven't really thought about that. How can they become more fulfilled? Um, I guess like living in the moment. You know, um, I saw a psychic lady, well, this would be 10 years ago. And she also gave me a bit of advice. She said, and it's, it's, people know this, but how often do they do it? She said, stop and smell the roses. Mm-hmm. Stop and smell the roses. And I literally now walking down the street, if I pass someone's garden, there's a rose, I stop and grab it and smell it. And I remember her. Mm-hmm. And it's like just bringing you right into that moment, you know, because living in the past or dreaming about the future, you're missing the gift that we have, which is the present. And, um, you know, I think just being more fulfilled in the moment rather than needing something in the future or worrying about what you didn't have back when. So, yeah, just stop and smell the roses. Mm. Yeah. I love that. The power of now, Eckhart Tolle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, It's profound, but it's true. Mm. Yeah. Being present in the moment. How can people find their purpose? Mm, that's a good question. I think you did touch on that a lot as well, though. Yeah, yeah. I guess just be open, don't be rigid, don't be looking for one thing, I think is one of the ways. People think it has to be something. This one thing and that's it. Yeah, Yeah. and then when I've got that, then I've got my purpose and then I'm happy, you know. But then again, you're putting everything into a future event and when it doesn't evolve or when you've spent three years still looking and you're starting to get down, you you can end up in a world of pain. So be open, don't put pressure on yourself. Just align with what makes you feel good on a soul level, like in the heart. Uh, listen to that and what makes you feel good that's that's dr- drawing towards the direction of your purpose mm-hmm. um, but if you're looking for one thing like I've, I'm going to be this or I'm going to be that you're just you're not allowing the energy of the universe to, to guide you and you're trying you're getting your ego in the way and um, I think then that causes an issue is like well I haven't found it yet I haven't found it yet you know and there's a lot of people in the spiritual community that are like that mm. I, you can come across and they're like hey I just I just if there was this this one thing or you know and it's like well it's just be open because it might not be one thing it might be many things mm. you know and that's taking you away from the now it's like what is it what where is it going to be in the future or was it in the past it's it's that overwhelming anxiety that I don't have it therefore I don't have a purpose yeah I think you can find purpose in anything yeah. that you do yeah and when I do astrology, um, there's some um, 
calculated points within someone's chart that you can look to see what their on a soul level what their soul has come here what lessons it wants to learn mm. so then all of the um, events and major turning points in life will have that color to it it's trying to get them to understand or embody a certain thing mm-hmm. but you can like for an example if someone if it if I'm reading their chart and it says that um, their perp- their sole purpose is to to learn faith and compassion, then they they want to go and find a job that they can do that. When it's like, no, what, why not just have faith and compassion in your day to day life? Yep. In when you buy the coffee from the guy, the barista, have some faith and compassion and, mm-hmm. and express that and embody that. Um, and you know when you're doing your mundane things, embody that purpose. And then your purpose, you're living your purpose. But it's not a career. It's mm. not where you make your money because they're, they're, they're separate, you know? Yeah. So, don't necessarily mean that I have to find my purpose and once I find my purpose, then I have to make money from it. I have yeah. to make a living from it. I have to do it mm-hmm. because you can you can have a job and you can do that and you can be still living your purpose within that job, but then you're also living your purpose by volunteering or just by the way you treat the coffee man. In every moment. Yeah. What impact do you want to have on the community, the world, and everyone around you? Um, when I first woke up and started down this path, I wanted to wake everyone up. I wanted to shake people. <laughs> wake up. <laughs> this, this is what I know. Yeah. Come on. Wake everyone up. needs to know this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What I've learned is you can't wake someone up, but if they are looking to wake up, and if you you run into these people that are... They're on that turning point. They're sort of got one foot in the old world and they're not ready to step into the news. But I want to be there as that, that sort of guide, if you like, that can help them transition from one to the other mm-hmm. and to, to just give them my experience, you know, and show them that what I did and what I, all the mistakes I made and um, how I'm still a person and a dude and you can still have a life. You just, you know, you just transition. Yeah. So, um yeah, I would say helping the people, helping the process of awakening, but not waking people up. Yeah, because it's actually quite dangerous if you wake someone up with some information that's not ready for it as well, because they can throw their life into you know. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm a, a living example of that. So, mm. <laughs> you know, woke up and went, oh shit, and I made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, 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 love that, and I agree with that too because everyone's on their own path, their own journey, and their own time of healing and things happening, if you're trying to force something on someone, it's it's, it's going to be met with resistance, but it also can throw them off. Totally, a yeah. Lot. Yeah, it can put them into a crisis. Yeah, and if, if let's say for, even with myself with coaching, you could say it with astrology, if you start forcing that onto someone, then they go, oh, no, nah, I, didn't, I didn't like astrology because this person was forcing it on me. There's nothing wrong with astrology or the information. It's just how that person was putting it on you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, but you know, then you you go. There are people that are open and receptive. Yeah, you know, that are ready. That they they're looking like. I mm. just want to be that person that can sort of like hold their hand if yeah. you like. And say, man, that's cool. <laughs> you know, and and especially too from from a male perspective, um, you know, because us dudes we're not good at this sort of thing, <laughs> spirituality and emotions and all of that stuff, you know. And you know, it can be a bit like guys tend to balk away from it because it can yep. be a bit of effective of their masculinity and that. Yep. And you know, I'm a tattooed bald-headed bloke so <laughs> just to say hey you can still be that guy yeah you know but you can just alter the way you see the world and the way you mm-hmm. are in the world as well yeah yeah i agree what does it mean to be conscious um what does it mean to be conscious um that's a good question 
I guess what we were talking about before about how you can just try to be as much as you can in the moment, not being in the past or the future. You know, and I think the more that you can do that, and I'm I'm no saint. I'm, I'm quite often I'm like, damn, that guy cut me off, you know, back there, and I'm still pissed. <laughs> or you know, I'm worrying about something in the future, um, about something like how's it going to go down. And but I guess the more I can be in the moment and just let let it happen the way it happens, I think that's what being conscious is about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. And where can people see more of your stuff, reach out for some work from you, some readings and stuff like that? Where, where can people find you? Yeah, so just um, your usual places, Instagram, Facebook. My name, Luke Balk, which is L-U-K-E-B-A-L-C-K-E. Um, so if they just look that up, they'll find me on Instagram and Facebook and they can reach out via DM. And um, yeah, I'm pretty mobile with my readings. So I, I meet people in cafes or I come to their suburb. Um, can you do them via call or online? Yeah, I can do them via FaceTime or Skype or things like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, soon when I move into my new place, I'm hoping to have an area where I can do Reiki, yeah. Reiki stuff. You yeah, know, yeah, from home. Awesome. Yeah, that is amazing. So if anyone does want to reach out to Luke, yeah, make sure you jump on his Instagram and Facebook. They're, all that will be in the show notes as well, so people can click on, follow you, follow all the amazing work that you do, but then also reach out as well. And I. Yeah, to, to wrap this up, like I just want to say thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me, meeting me today. It was only two days since we met, but um, I I really felt drawn to you that night when I heard your story and heard everything about all the information that you were talking about astrology, but how you put it across and how it came from a place of this isn't the be all end all. This isn't the 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 information. It's just what I see and the truth that I believe in, and people can then go from there. And I like that real approach. But then also your story and what you shared on this podcast was wow. Like how deep it was. And I heard a little bit of your story that night, but then to hear this, I'm just like keep going. <laughs> yeah. Like the whole podcast could have just been your story, which is yeah. amazing. So thank you so much for opening up for being vulnerable for, for going down the path that you did in life because it's led you to where you are and to where we are right now so you can do the work you do to help inspire and raise consciousness with other people. Awesome. Thank you, man. You're so welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. If you've enjoyed this, make sure you reach out to both of us and let us know via DM. Um, leave a review. Leave a rating. We love that. Put it on your Instagram story. And until next time, take care and be nice. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen in on our conversation. Hopefully you got some insights and values to raise your awareness. If you like the podcast, please like, share on social media, and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. I would really appreciate it. You can also keep up to date on our Facebook and Instagram pages. Uh, both handles are at The Conscious Podcast, and also my personal account, which is at Carlo underscore Cirillo. Until next time, take care and be nice.